Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time about. for Mortgage Matters. All right, good morning. It's about that time. If you weren't awake before that, that's right. You're awake now. To rock out to some mortgage matters. It's a rocking show. We're, just, we're trying to say with that opening bed there. That's right. Yeah, that's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Welcome. Thanks for sticking around. Those of you who were listening to Motor Mouths earlier, we've got an exciting show for you. I'm Dan Podesto. I'm joined in the studio today by my colleague Mike Points. Thank you for having me. Looking awfully cool this morning. <laughs> I have to right. bring up some Corey Hart later on here. <laughs> sunglasses at night, man. Yeah, yeah you got your on. sunglasses on and you're in the studio. Future's bright, Jim. Future's yeah, the bright. future is bright. Got to wear shades. <laughs> There's another one there, too. Yeah, Jason got the, uh, got the weekend off. His younger brother, one of his younger brothers, got engaged a couple weeks ago and is having a little engagement awesome. party. And then it's also his mom's birthday. That's so, perfect. That's happy good. Happy birthday mm-hmm. to um, Mrs. Grody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the Mrs. Grody's out there. Correct. Is he uh, in Bishop? Um, Big Bear, right? Big Bear. I, no, Big Bear. His, Big Bear his family doesn't live there anymore. They live in like San Bernardino area okay. somewhere. But I don't mm. know if they're going there to his brother's. I'm not sure if that's really a trade. Somewhere. Big Bear to San Bernardino. I'm sure it's... I'm sure it's beautiful everywhere. In yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's so that yeah, time of year. Yeah. Jason's out of town. We had to bring the big gun in. Here I'm he here. is. Shades. Shades, shades and all. Shades. I'm yeah. thinking I need to keep them on. Yeah, we're going to be wearing like, stuff we're to talk blank. about. I'll wear my sunglasses and tie or something. <laughs> yeah, I think, something. So. Future's so bright, I got to wear shades. One of those One of those beds. So I was looking at the news this morning. The Powerball is $435 million. It's Powerball, a national That's the national game? one, not the California lottery. Is that the biggest it's ever been? Um, you know what? I don't know if Powerball's state or national. It's one It's one of the 11th biggest, hmm. so it's up there in the conversation. I think it's... You um, buying some tickets? You got some? I'm certainly buying tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Got quick pick, it's, or do you have it's an interesting like, psychology that happens right after you buy those tickets, right? So you're walking back. You, I mean, I usually get gas and get the tickets. So the gas is pumping. I'm getting tickets. Efficiency. I'm winning regardless, right? Are you a quick picker, or are you? I am a quick picker. You have some go-to. Yeah, there's like a 292 million to one odd that I get it. I feel like if I pick my own numbers, I'm gonna lose. You know, I have my favorite number. That'd be great if that was the Powerball. But then after that, it's like, what do you do with those five other numbers? 435 million dollars right now. 435. Wow. Just just that. I mean, y- you might be able to retire, maybe. Would you? you well, yeah. y- let's talk about that. 
Okay. Could you retire on four hundred and thirty-five? There's million? a topic here. <laughs> I, don't like the, uh... I think I could manage. I think I could manage. Would you take it as an annuity, or would you take it as the cash out because of the taxes? Mm. Well, um, yeah. I don't know. That's the discussion. Even... I don't know that there's a wrong decision in four hundred and thirty-five million. Yeah, because <laughs> even if you got half taken away for taxes, oh, there's two hundred million. Everyone listening right now has their mm. opinion. Mm. Some guy's driving to Costco saying, "Take two all idiots! the money." <laughs> two <laughs> Take all the money. <laughs> no, the annuity is pretty interesting. I mean, it, on that amount of money, that's over nine million a year. Yeah, after tax is taken out. I think it depends uh, on your age. For twenty nine years, I think it's a twenty five or twenty thirty year turn. Yeah, I just think that you know, I think crazy. I could. I think I could manage on nine million dollars a year. I think. Could you? I'm pretty sure I could manage somehow. Yeah. Scrape by. Right. You might be your own bank after that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who needs a mortgage? Yeah. Underwriting is simple. Yeah. <laughs> Cash. Yeah. Right. Cash is king. Okay. Well, we've got a good show for you lined up. We've got um, got a little news to talk about. Got a Global. couple loan program things that I think you're going to find very stimulating. Oh, yeah. Yep. We're going to talk about um, ag lending and hobby farms. It's kind of a, a little... I don't I don't want to call it a niche. It's it's something that it's a dream that a lot of people have around here. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've talked to many realtors, the the ranchette mm-hmm. is what it's nice called. Nice term. The, I like the it. The ranchette, the little, you know, 5 to 10 acre property yeah. where you can maybe have your your couple horses that that you always wanted or that you've always had and you need room for now that you're buying a yeah. house. Yeah, that's common, right? Yeah, I want to grow some you know, a few fruit trees, have a little vegetable garden, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're into wine and you want to grow some grapes. Um, yeah, I mean, there's avocados, right? And yeah. Those do really well here. Sure, you see a lot of those properties off of um, Highway 41, mm-hmm. a lot of those avocado ranches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people have that dream. They want to own that 5 to 10 acre parcel, have that little hobby farm, and, um produce some small, you know, as literally as a hobby, um, some kind of crop, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's raising animals or, you know, fruits and vegetables. Um, there's different hobbies you can do on these acreage properties, but they can be difficult to finance. So we're going to talk about a financing solution for those properties that are, um, fairly prevalent around here. Yeah. I think, I think that'll be a good topic for this show. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about um, financing for some unique manufactured home situations that we've run into on numerous occasions. They can be very difficult to finance. Yeah, I'm pretty glad that we have that product now. So we've got got a few few things to talk about. I think what we're going to do is just um, start with some of the goings on in the world and in the, the local economy, stuff like that. Even the global economy. Global economy, there you go. I won't cut in front of you, but... Yeah. I do want to talk about Britain. Okay. Should I think we should talk about it. Let's do it. I think it impacts us here locally. Um the Prime Minister Theresa May decided to have a I believe it's a called an I don't think it's called a random election, but it wasn't a scheduled election. She tried to convince the people of Britain that parliament needed to be more on her side. The the results of that election came down the pike this week, not in her favor. I saw that. Yeah, bad for her. So she created an election that, that caused her to have less power. And uh, almost immediately after, her chief of staff, co-chiefs of staff resigned. 
Um, so most people in Britain think she's on the chopping block. The real issue here is not that she made a bad poker move, is that they're getting ready for Brexit negotiations in like less than 10 days. And the economy over there is not confident in the current leadership. That can only cause turmoil in the markets, which trickles down into our 10-year bond being more attractive. And as you know, Dan, you can write a book on it. That isn't exactly a tie to mortgage rates, but it does start to keep us in that nice cushion range where the mortgage rates aren't going to see an escalation based on us not finding Trump in cahoots with the Russians last week or something, you know? I think it's a big global impact. Maybe not a ripple just yet, but certainly the start of uncertainty going, you know, further and further down the hole. Yeah, I think it even casts doubt on the whole Brexit Absolutely. situation itself. Absolutely. I mean, it, there was this opportunity for, you know, what do they have, like four or five different political parties in, in the U.K.? You know, I don't know the actual amount. It looked like there were four or five that were the main parties there. Um, but one, the one that Theresa May, it's their, their, their conservative, conservative party. Conservative party, yeah. Um, they had the majority of those parliamentary seats. And so negotiating would have been fairly seamless, you would think, if they're, all those conservatives are of the same mindset going into those negotiations. They've mm-hmm. got the majority vote, so they can pretty much get whatever done they need to get done mm-hmm. efficiently and mm-hmm. and the way they want well now that they've lost that majority this could be a much more onerous negotiation process and perhaps they find so much gridlock that you know it ties the whole thing up but you know they don't who knows how long it can stall this whole process yeah it's so you know just we we, we don't I'm not sure if I'm doing this right but there's 1 2 3 4 Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve that I'm seeing here. Yeah. Parties. House of Commons after the 2015 general election. So there's 12 different parties that I see coming up here on the internet. Yeah. I think, like us, there's some parties that. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah, part of the Labor Party, I believe. No, she's no. the conservative. Okay. Conservative. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm hmm. And like you said, Dan, I mean, just to kind of wrap up this segment, I think the the important thing to understand is that a country like Britain separating Mm -hmm. from the European Union is, I mean, we haven't seen the ramifications of that yet. It might start Spain thinking, hey, maybe we're going to move away. Germany moves away. Mm -hmm. And then those other smaller countries can't really do as much as they used to do. Makes America stronger. Makes global investors think, hey, maybe the... 10-year bond isn't a bad place to put our money. And when that happens, it it certainly pushes down the rates that we can offer to the average Joe here locally. So getting back to local, I thought it was an interesting segment to bring up today, just on, like you said, what's happening mm-hmm. out there. Sure. Yeah, and what we've seen... Actually, of course, we're talking about how these things could drive bond yields lower we saw with all this news going on this week bond yields actually crept up for the last three or four days um from where they had kind of bottomed out um which was about middle of last week 
Mm-hmm. Um, but rates are still in a low end of a range that we've been in. Still kind of amazing to me where rates sit, given that we've had two um, Fed rate hikes this year. Sure. Or, I guess December and March. So one last year, one this year. Very current. Um, but yeah, very, very current rate hikes. And we've continued to just see the bond yield fall because of all the other noise that's out there. Like we saw in in a Britain election, like we've seen with the Senate hearings related to the Russia interference in the election and all that stuff. I mean, the, the future of Trump seems rocky at best, too. So there's just all this uncertainty, which is where we're seeing the bond move it movement that yeah that we're seeing we're seeing everything continue to stay low um even though the markets seem to really want those rates to be higher mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just more funnels- the, so your belief is more of the same I, yeah i do i believe that that we're all interrelated now the internet the way the economy works globally it's it's all <clears throat> interrelated i mean it's never been more important to know what's happening overseas or somewhere else and how it affects you than it is right now. Um, that, that doesn't mean you need to watch, you know, everything that happens internationally. Oh, that's going to affect it. It's all, it's what's happening though, is the big things like the European union. You just can't disregard that. I mean, you just don't know. That's a big, that's a big moving target mm-hmm. on what the ramifications of them leaving the EU are. I think what we saw here four four years ago, quantitative, quantitative easing, where we would did something like that, where, you know, the government got involved and really tried to manipulate what was happening in the economy by buying treasury bills. Things like that are starting to happen over there. They don't really understand how to keep their economy at check. Sure. And those countries are all different. I mean, just like our states are a little different, you know, but those countries are culturally different. Well, and they approaching this whole economic downturn, they took a different path to begin with. They took the austerity path. The, you know, let's let's not spend money to dig ourselves out of this problem, which is what the U.S. ended up choosing to do was let's dump a lot of money into this problem to solve it, to get our economy cranking again. Mm -hmm. So now, yeah, we're seeing these other countries who haven't come out of the downturn as quickly or, um, you know, haven't turned the corner as as. Right. Hard as they would have hoped. Right. Um, and so now they're starting to do some of those same measures that that we had employed several years ago. And then there's also something to be said for, you know, our economy getting too hot compared to our economic allies. Um, you know, we, we can't get too far away from them because that causes disruptions in those relationships as well. And I believe that's a big factor in this all. I believe there's an undercurrent alliance like all right, well, we could really flip the switch here and go into fourth gear and separate ourselves, but who knows? I mean, China's looking like they're going to be in a recession on paper. That would be bad for the U.S., Mm -hmm. you know? Bad for a lot of places. Yeah. They're a big consumer of products now. Yeah. Um, So let me ask you this. We've got all this news going on internationally. We've got it going on here at home. Um, a lot of things that aren't necessarily economic, but they are impacting um, the way money is being invested in our markets. Mm-hmm. Do you see um, do you see enough turmoil ahead that you think 
bond yields are going to go even lower than they've been. I think the recent low, which we saw last week, was a 10-year note yield of 2.15%. Mm-hmm. We were seeing 30-year fixed mortgage rates below 4% as mm-hmm. a result. Mm-hmm. Do you see this trend continuing? And if so, how much lower do you think it could go? Yeah, I mean, the algorithm to solve that problem is completely scientific. <laughs> My gut says we are going to stay in this period for another three to six months and check and balance or check and test, I should say, quarterly. And I don't see any reason why with, because of the fact that, in, you know, domestically, we, we don't even see, we're not even seeing incomes go up. I think that is also, is certainly on the minds of the people that make the decision at the Federal Reserve to raise rates. And the market itself is just kind of staying too, the Dow. I think if you watch the Dow, and you understand that all these geopolitical things happening with people in power um, will continue to go on, the next six months are going to be pretty much a flat line. I mean, yeah, we'll go up a little, we'll go down a little, we'll go up a little, go down a little. I don't see a big swing. I see a staying between 2.2 and 2.6 in the 10-year, which means probably the difference about a quarter point in interest rate, my gut. So the question that always comes up in our office when talking about mortgages is timing of locking in an interest rate, because that's something that's part of the loan process. It has to occur at some point, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for and and different clients like to get more or less involved in that decision than others, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, is there an opportunity to be gained by um floating and watching this market to see if rates go lower it sounds like what i'm hearing from you is there's not a huge opportunity for drastic improvement mm-hmm. likewise there's not huge opportunity for rates to get terribly worse mm-hmm. so when someone's involved in a purchase or a refinance transaction your advice is i always say yeah great question i th- i think based on a purchase transaction if you're happy Mr. and Mrs. Jones, it's time to lock. You know what? I don't want to watch the news for the next two weeks and have you freak out on Monday only to be happy on Wednesday and then lock on Friday. If you're happy, let's lock. I think when they're not happy, I look at things like, well, I mean, if the rates go up over the course of this transaction, your payment can go up a hundred bucks. Is that going to bother you? You know, you got to stress test them personally. I'm getting ready to complete a refinance where I'm going to replenish some of my savings. I'm not locking right now. I personally think it would be a good time to wait, but that's because it's a refinance and I don't really have to like, you don't have a closed. I don't have to be done in 25 days or I'm going to start working people. Right. Um, But I, I think, I think you really have to understand the individual, Dan, you know, some people enjoy the process of getting into the numbers and analyzing and, who am I to stop them from doing that? I'm, I'm really their advisor in this process. I, I give them the information to make the right decision. Some people really enjoy the idea of saving a thousand bucks if they can catch the rate at the right time. Sure. And they're willing to risk $500 to not get it at the right time. Yeah. And that's something I always like to put into perspective for people is, you know, what does it really mean when the mortgage interest rate market improves for you. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we see improvement in the market, we'll see at times, I mean, we're not talking eighth or even quarter of a point interest rate movement. We're talking eighth to a quarter point price movement mm-hmm. of the same interest rate. 
So sometimes people do the little thing where they turn their head like a dog, you know, when, when they're, what does that mean? Right. It, it's a, it's a little confusing, but, um, you know, every single day there is a range of interest rates available on any loan program. So for instance, a 30 year fix today, if you looked at a mortgage rate sheet, you would see rates ranging probably from, I'd say three and a half percent maybe all the way up to 5%, maybe a point and a half range that's disclosed on a rate sheet today. Mm-hmm. Each And they're all in eighth point increments. Each one of those interest rates has a value based on today's market. Mm-hmm. And as the market moves throughout the day, um, the, the value of that particular note rate can fluctuate mm-hmm. based on that market movement. So we will get notified as loan officers who receive various bank rate sheets. We'll get notified of this market movement real time. Um, That's right. And so there's different triggers at which the banks will send out these price changing notifications. Usually it's about a, an eighth of a point in price is what I'd say. But on the average in our area, our average loan amount is a little less than $400,000, but I'm going to call it 400000 for for a round number here for today's discussion. If the market moves an eighth of a point in price, that's $500. Um, that's a $500 change in the cost of that loan. So it could go up or down. You know, every day is different. Yeah. Um, but that's all it means. It's $500. Um, so... You know, when we look at being in a, you know, you're describing this bond yield range of um, 2.2 to 2.6. Yeah, Yeah. 2.2 to 2.6. If you're hovering near the low end of that range, there's not a lot of opportunity for things to improve further. So by not locking in a rate, you're risking all that, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. upper end movement that it could move in that range to maybe try to gain some small amount, you know, to try to go from near the bottom to the bottom of the range. Yeah. And and you may only pick up that eighth of a point in price if that move does come to fruition, but you could potentially lose a point or more in price if, if the market swings rapidly the other way. My grandma used to call that tripping over a dollar to get a dime. Right. Yeah. That's a, (laughs) that's a good way to describe it. And that's, that's the that's the conversation that have to happens have. frequently. Yeah, um, and it, it's something that borrowers need to understand that when they go into this transaction, that this is what we're thinking about. This is how we approach this decision, and how we're going to guide you through this decision. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about what's going on, we talk about what's upcoming, and we talk about the potential outcomes and how it could impact the market. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I think that. Um, what I, what I feel like, I'm so glad you brought that up, is because we're right at the point where it doesn't make a lot of sense to wait that long. The only reason I'm waiting is because I'm not sure exactly how long my escrow is going to take. Right. So that's another factor. See, you're, you're usually locked unique... for 30 days. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we can we can close loans. Um, you know, refis are pretty, pretty Less than 30 days. easy. Yeah, I'd say three to four weeks is a typical close time. Um, but like you're in a unique situation where you're completing some improvements to your home and you're right. not exa- I mean you're still relying on some other people to help you do some work right and you know as it makes much no as sense to get the appraiser you'd out love there for the schedule to to be the guiding force here it doesn't always work that way sometimes yeah you know the project takes on its own timeline and so that that impacts your decision 
Yeah, type Obviously. A guy like me has a hard time with that. But every <laughs> once in a while, you got to open a nice bottle of local Cabernet and just sit down and say, I have no control. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the chaos. Embrace it. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. It's 30 minutes uh, past the hour. We're going to have a just a few minutes here to thank our sponsors of our show, help make this possible. Um, if, if you're out there, you'd love to... I mean, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to get involved in today's conversation. Um, you can give us a call here in the studio. We're live. We're uh, we're ready for your calls. Give us a call at 543-8830, 543-8830. And we'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Loan. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 018-39608. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Timbuk three. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love this song, man. One hit wonders. I'm sure. I feel obligated at this point to uh, say congratulations to all the high school graduates in our yeah. county. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, congratulations. The yeah. hardest part in your life is certainly ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, welcome to adulting. Start with those, coffee and those go Those 18 from there. years you endured, that was the easy part. Yeah. yeah. Although I'm not so sure I'd want to go through high school again, though, either. 
I don't a lot know. of little I social like things. I picked up some information yeah. that would maybe help along the road. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'd, I'd be a lot better at yeah. it. This okay. Second if I could start yeah. now. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Over there. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to all the grads out there. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back. Yeah, we're back. Oh, and gosh. as we uh, alluded to earlier, it wasn't the. Not a lot of data in the news this week, but a lot of uh, geopolitical-related news, um, which we kind of touched on in the first half hour. Um, there was one um, one bit of mortgage-related data that I wanted to share, and it's just applications. Uh, mortgage applications are are on the upswing. Purchase applications for home mortgages rose um, a seasonally adjusted 10% highest level for purchase applications since May of 2010. Um, so that's good. That's nice to see. Um, the issue, of course, continues to be supply. Supply. Um, we're seeing that on a, a micro level in our office with just the number of pre-qualified applicants mm -hmm. looking for homes, unable to find that that perfect home to pull the trigger on. Um, yep. It's it's something that every each and every loan officer has these clients that the in the same boat in real estate agent yep they got people that are ready pre-approved to buy and there's just isn't the right home for them or the right home pops up and it's a feeding frenzy yeah and but like like we've heard from several realtors on this show in the past few months um buyers aren't making stupid decisions when it comes to price you know the, the value has to be there in order for that feeding frenzy, as you described, for that to occur, mm -hmm. um, if something comes on the market and it's overpriced, it's not going to get the looks that you're hoping for. It's right. you know you're not going to get someone who's just totally desperate and willing to overpay. Um, right. All the realtors are, are are letting us know that that's not the kind of it's not that kind of market. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's yeah. there's a there's a hungry market, but they want value. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens as these new developments like ambient communities, um, the Rigetti Ranch home development starts. Slight slight kickback, slight delay there because of the two bald eagles that took <laughs> over the hawk's nest, which is, again, out of their control. But uh, they are actively... Um, they are actively developing the neighborhoods and getting ready to build. If you drive down Tank Farm right now in San Luis Obispo Road towards... Old Orcutt or the north part of Edna Valley, you'll see that project starting. That's exciting. 457 homes are approved for that area. And then there's the... You, I mean, you could debate if it's exciting or not. <laughs> there's the San Luis Ranch project that was, I think, in the newspaper twice this week. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that project um, for the Delidio Ranch property. Oh, uh, yes. Um, out there off 101 between Los Osos Valley Road and that Madonna plaza area yeah um something like 550 homes i think were i think it's north of 500 yeah something like that uh, and um a little bit of commercial a little bit of agricultural area still for that project um some pretty nice drawings in the in the local newspaper about yeah. that project and, yeah. and it's I made think it there's through a ho hotel a hotel out there as well. Hotel, yeah. So it's been approved by planning at mm -hmm. this point, and next stop for this project is the city council. Yes. So it's it's making progress, and that's exciting. 
Yeah, Coastal Community Builders is the builder for that project. Um, I'm sure they have other builders helping them, but they're the the real developer builder. And their true mission statement and vision with that is a you know families work live housing, mm-hmm. nice easy to get to um, bike lanes, buses going through, getting you downtown to work or the positive I'm seeing in that too, besides the housing, is there's a lot of empty brick and mortar stores out there. So I think that sure. possibly that could help to bring back some of the retail that's you know oh, you that's vacant out there. Yeah, you betcha. That'll certainly draw attraction. I mean, it, the mm-hmm. numbers will start working again for that person who's willing to take a risk on a lease. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's also interesting to me, given home prices in San Luis Obispo, the advertised home price for this particular, for the homes that are, will be offered in this project, they said ranged from like 300,000 to 600,000, which even, I mean, 600,000 on the high end is pretty low for San Luis Obispo city. I want to see the designs. I believe they're going to be smaller homes. Yeah. It did say that the range of the project, yeah, smaller lots, I think, the single family homes, well, they're probably going to be PUDs, but they're going to have the look and feel of a single family home. Yeah. I think they were on lots just above 3,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. So that's a fairly small lot. Um, and then, but the the homes themselves were going to range from units as small as 250 square feet, like mm-hmm. basically a little studio yeah. apartment, yeah. Um, up to some, you know, single family home style um development in there as well i think it's essential to just on that project alone san luis ranch project their design is for the families and people to get out of the homes they're going to have little parks you know sure some easements where you'll have like natural habitat growing where it's nice to go for a walk and yeah you walk down to your cafe so it's more quote-unquote city-like living where you know you don't really spend a lot of time in your house other than to eat go to bed and have some family time yeah Whereas you get out to the Central Valley and it's like, let's have a 3,000 square foot house because I can't go outside because it's like total recall out there and it's so hot. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I was just, just going to say the that. AC up. In some parts of the country, you're just you're just hiding from the weather. Yeah. And here we don't have that problem. In fact, the weather is one of our, our biggest assets and attributes yeah. of our, Correct. our local area. So, you know, this is the perfect place to build that style of home, that, that home where it's really just utility for you. Sure. And you get to enjoy the amazing outdoor space that is San Luis Obispo County. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, Sometimes our weather is our hindrance because the people from the Central Valley come and invade us because it's so <laughs> hot over there. True, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a conversation yeah. to be had about that <laughs> at a different time. Yeah. yeah. Some, sometimes I look out my window oh. and I say, boy, it sure is touristy out there. Yeah. I think I'm staying in today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do they all have cut off t shirts? Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. is that guy in the ocean with his jeans? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but those, we love you people from Bakersfield, though. Yeah, We're yeah, just yeah, letting yeah. you know we love you. Yeah. Especially when you come Friendly over here and drop some money for a mortgage <laughs> yeah. on a house. Thank you for your wallets. Uh, but it will, it, will, it will present an opportunity to those families that are looking to buy a new house, maybe upgrade their house, and are waiting to sell their house. You know, I think I have a lot of, I have a lot of clients right now that are pre-approved. 
um, going to make a step up in their home, step up in neighborhood or step up in size or just, you know, step up in, um, maybe they're finally coming down the, the grade and they want to live in slow or vice versa. They want to get property out in Atascadero. They're pre-approved and they want to sell their house, but they want to find a house first. And these opportunities are going to make it easier. Maybe not just go live in the new house, but if some of the traffic goes to the new houses, now they can have a little bit more opportunity to find the step-up home they want. Sure. Which would be nice for me. That's <laughs> in in my current client database. I've got a lot of people that are just kind of waiting for that right house, and then they'll sell their house and we can move. Um, yeah. Supply would be nice. <laughs> supply is the key to this whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see that there are some larger projects that are getting through the process. And, yeah. you know, that... Th- I, I get the whole argument that, hey, we have our green space, we want to preserve it, you know, we like the slow growth. That particular Delidio Ranch, the San Luis Ranch project, feels like it should be developed to me when I see to the south you've got this commercial area with the Costco and, you know, there's mm-hmm. the big strip mall deal out there, the auto parks out there and stuff. Um and then to the north, you've got more of your residential and, and then into your downtown San Luis area. And then there's this little this little island of... Broccoli farm. Yeah, broccoli <laughs> right in the middle of all of it. It just doesn't make a lot of sense planning-wise to me. So, um, But see, I would argue the contrary. I think if you do that, you just turn into Natomas and you're just commercial house, commercial house, commercial house. Uh, Sacramento reference. Thank you. <laughs> I think that it's important to capture some outside space there because the next thing you know, you're driving from as soon as you leave downtown until you get to Avila, you just you'll you won't have well, excuse me. Once you pass like Los Osos Valley Road, you get a nice natural feel out there. Yeah. But right in that spot, I, I believe it would be nice to have it twenty five seventy five. Twenty five natural space, seventy five developed. Mm-hmm. I think you could work it in. Um I agree with you on that because, like, when you remember growing up, you could drive from, like, Ventura to Camarillo, and you could be out in the country a little bit, mm-hmm. and now it's Ventura, Oxnard, Camarillo, Thousand Oaks. It's all kind of yep. like you're in one. Well, and I, I think yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing there, too. I like yeah. that there's that green space between the different cities. Mm-hmm. I like that. But when you go from central San Luis Obispo parcel to, parcel. to south mm-hmm. San Luis Obispo, yeah. and there's a broccoli farm in the middle that's yeah, kind of no, weird kind of hopscotch but there. like you're saying mike there is a significant portion of that acreage that's reserved for some yes. green space still yes. even with the development that's being proposed so yes um i think everybody's going to get a little bit of what they want and we talked about value and i think on this show we always try to mention things that come up when you're getting a mortgage a lot of these green spaces will be on your property like you'll have an easement from the development you'll have a nice green space on your property you'll own quote unquote, the property lines, but you won't own the green space, which can be a blessing and a curse. I mean, if you've got some nice green space out the front door, it gives you a little bit of separation, but you can't do anything on that green space, even though you own it, you pay property taxes for that lot, you know? And so why am I saying this? Because in the event, there are some new developments here in the county where they're starting to implement this natural green space-like feel, your lot will be bigger and probably priced more, but you won't be able to use the whole lot because the development itself, the HOA or the development will have 
an easement to put green space on your land. Hmm. Looks good. Has to be maintained. Not by you. You're going to pay an HOA fee, but it's not, you cannot build on it just like you couldn't build on like a PG&E easement in your backyard. Mm -hmm. Something to think about. Um, one, one more thing that I pulled from this uh, mortgage applications report was the refinance side. Yeah. And refinancing refinance applications are surging as well. Um, it has everything to do with interest rates being at their lowest levels in uh, more than six months. Um, we're, we've reached the lows since November of last year. So for folks who who bought or maybe even refinanced um, last year, it's probably worth just checking out where rates are today for you versus what you have. Um, perhaps your property has also appreciated somewhat and you know maybe maybe you had a little way to go to get rid of some mortgage insurance. That might be reality for you today. Mm-hmm. Not only could you lower an interest rate, but you might be able to take advantage of some of that appreciation and either drop your mortgage insurance premium, um, you know, to some lower level or drop it completely. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that that's why we're seeing a surge in those refi applications. And I just want to step forward and say, you know, I, I see people doing their thing on a Saturday morning, listening to us laughing, like, gosh, these guys want us to refinance every year. It's not that we don't want you to refinance every year. We think that your life changes. I mean, look how much your mortgage can affect your cash flow at home and your, and your life. And think about maybe something that came up. You didn't, you didn't want to buy your daughter a wedding, but you did. And, you know, maybe you did it with, with cash and maybe you did it with some credit card and now you can replenish some of those things. Sure. Well, and think about the people who in, you know, one year ago, it was, it was June of 2016. They got into a 30-day escrow on a new home purchase. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have the opportunity to sit and watch the market. You know, they, they had to close in 30 days, and they kind of had to take the interest rate that was available at that time. Here a year later, if, if their home is like the median home in San Luis Obispo, it probably went up by about 7% in value. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It, if the interest rate market today is more favorable, now you can, you know, Agreed. be involved and reduce your your monthly obligation by a couple hundred bucks a month. And that what if you bought right after president elect right. won the election? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reason to. And yeah, I I get. Yeah, sure. This is there is an element of this pitch here that is that is a pitch. It is a self-serving um given that that we make a living off of doing loans but at the same time it's not something where this is something that you do because it makes financial sense yeah and that's what we help you evaluate that's kind of what i'm getting at i I brought the the laughter part in the comedy because it's 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 just that time in the u.s economy where you literally could renew your mortgage every one to two years i have a young a young family works at mind body they're musicians on the weekend and they pay a thousand bucks a month into their 30 year mortgage. I discovered, I said, you guys, why don't we just do a 15 year mortgage? They said, well, we'd have a refinance costs. And I said, sure, you'd have some refinance costs, but look at, I'm going to run an amortization table for you and show you how much you're saving in interest alone. They went from a four and a quarter interest rate to a 3.375 interest rate on a 15 year. They're paying $200 less than they would have been paying 
in the in the scenario before. Mm-hmm. So they're only paying eight hundred dollars a more a month guarantee that comes every month. They saved over forty thousand dollars. That's I mean, what when they're thirty six, they're like, wait a minute, that's like a year of, like, that's a good chunk of savings. Yeah, that's the thing is uh, these loans are for a long time. They're thirty year mm-hmm. loan. I mean, most loans are thirty year loans. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like. Oh man, I want to say it's like eighty-seven percent of mortgages are thirty-year um, term. The lion's loans. share. So it it is the the dominant share of mortgages out there are for a long time. And when you save a few hundred bucks a month for three hundred and sixty months, that adds up to big dollars. I was working with one of our loan officers to do a a cost benefit um, analysis of a potential refi uh, for a client that had called in and just wondered if if there was opportunity. Um, it wasn't a huge mortgage. I want to say it was around two hundred thousand um, dollars. They were already about five years into the loan, um, so they had twenty five years remaining on their mortgage. I think the mortgage payment was somewhere around nine hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. Um, we looked at doing a new thirty year fixed loan at a lower rate, and it would only, it would save them about a hundred bucks a month. But that wasn't what this person was after. A hundred bucks a month wasn't life changing to them. You know, yeah, it would break even at some point, you know, three, four years down the line. But that mm-hmm. that wasn't their goal. They wanted to they wanted to pay this home off. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't looking for an extra hundred bucks a month in their pocket. They right. wanted to just see if they could make a real improvement to their financial situation. Shift so we looked at a twenty year mortgage. Yeah, twenty year mortgage rate was just a little bit lower than thirty year. Um, what it ended up doing for this person. It kept their more. They actually, instead of seeing a hundred dollar drop in their mortgage payment, they saw about a two dollar drop in their mortgage payment. So virtually the same payment, but over the life of the loan, they saved forty thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars, and it and it shaved that six years off the loan. So they were going to be done six years earlier with their mortgage payment, mm-hmm. save forty grand over the life of that loan, and and their payment, their their monthly situation was not going to change that from what it was today mm-hmm. so that had That's, some appeal to it yeah and that you can clearly see what the benefit is it's saving that 40 grand um 20 years you know over the 20 year remainder of this loan yeah and i think that's why we continue to bring it up the other thing too is derog credit uh history so what i mean by that people is like if you had a foreclosure a short sale a deed in lieu a pre-foreclosure bankruptcy you know you might have not had a chance to sit at the table in the last two to three years, but now it's come and due. Awesome time to talk to us, especially if you're thinking of um, buying a home to prep for that accordingly with the timing and the dates. So yeah, so we have uh, refinance applications are are on the upswing and right now they're making up about 40, 45-ish percent of um, all loan activity right now. Um, Thanks to these low rates that just seem to be sticking around. Um, we do have a Fed meeting coming up, I believe it's next week, or it might be two weeks from now, um, where it's been speculated for quite a while that the Fed might increase rates at this June meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, there are four Fed meetings a year where there is a press conference that follows. So it's always believed that those meetings with a press conference to follow immediately after are the the meetings at the highest likelihood of Fed action, hmm. because then there's that press conference to explain and justify the decision. Um, 
So June is approaching. The June meeting's approaching here very quickly. Um, I believe last week it was speculated that, you know, so there's like a 60% chance or maybe 70% chance that the feds do raise rates at this June meeting. I tend to be on the other side of that. I, I don't believe that the economic data that we've received in the last several months has been strong enough for the feds to act um, here in June. I believe that we're poised for two more rate hikes this year, but I think they're going to be September and December mm-hmm. rate hikes. I think we're going to pass on June and wait for later in the year, mm-hmm. wait to for this economy to, to get going more. Right now, we've had a, a few jobs reports that have been a little lackluster. Retail sales continue to be you know, we're not seeing improvement, yet we're seeing a lot of consumer confidence through yeah. those different metrics, um, but it's not pulling through in spending, which is a huge part of our economy. Um, so I think that we kind of maintain where we're at here um, through the summer months and kind of see how things go, and then we'll decide to act in September and possibly December again. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at, but we have a, a week or two before we, we find out what is really going to happen. Um, so, again, call out to listeners, little opportunity here. We're at a low end of a range, lowest rate since November of last year. Correct. Um, with a Fed meeting looming uh, just a couple weeks away. So, if this is something you're even considering, now's the time to just look at it, think about whether or not it makes financial sense for you. And if it does, I'd lock a rate, I'd get it done. Um, it's hard to hard to say what's coming a couple of weeks from now, but I think the potential for rates improving significantly going forward, I, I think that's not likely. I, I like with what you were saying earlier. I'm in agreement that the best case scenario is that we kind of hold where we're at and delay the the rate increases that we know are coming, but mm-hmm. they're just you know we're going to hold them off for a little bit longer. Yeah, there's a lot of things that say that that will happen. I mean, in, in what you got to realize is that the Fed meeting is, is got to be, I mean, just the amount of content that they have to cover and consider and, and, and I mean, all that analysis is, is intense. What I feel like you really do have to sit back and say is just look, sure, everyone has a job, but the economy is not rip-roaring. GDP isn't even above 2%. And ultimately, we have an issue going on with China and in Europe. I mean, that, that it's, that's, that's huge. So, yeah, I think that this is a good time to do a little self-evaluation on your mortgage or get seek the help of a loan officer. You know, we obviously have loan officers willing to help you um, make that determination if, if there's some something to gain financially by by uh, refinancing your mortgage. Um, you know, the common reasons would be to obviously lower your payment um, by getting a lower interest rate. Um, perhaps you're in the opposite situation. You're not really looking to lower your payment. You're looking to pay your home off faster. So you want to get into a shorter term mortgage. Um, 15 year rates are incredible right now. A lot of, incredible. Uh, lot of opportunity there to save significant amount of interest over the life of your loan. Um, the 30 year fixed mortgage, just so you know, uh, over the life of that 30 year loan, approximately 71% of them, or I'm, I'm sorry, you, 
you end up paying whatever your loan amount is that you pay, you end up paying that off at the end of your your amortization period. You also end up paying about 71% of that amount in interest. Mm-hmm. A 15-year fixed mortgage, a lot different. You end up paying about 23% of your mortgage balance in interest mm-hmm. on a 15-year mortgage. So that's another great reason to look at refinancing. If you uh, purchased a home with mortgage insurance, you put less than 20% down, um, and you had to have mortgage insurance, or maybe you bought with a USDA loan that has mortgage insurance for the life of the loan, or an FHA loan that has mortgage insurance for the life of the loan. Those are a couple loan programs that you could think about moving into the conventional, into a conventional refinance and getting either mortgage insurance that will be able to expire or getting out of mortgage insurance completely. Yeah. So those are all great reasons to think about. Um, refinancing. There's also, of course, you know, the life events that warrant um, getting some equity out of your home. Maybe it's a remodel. Maybe it's a kid going to school. Make that house an ATM. Yep. There's different. I mean, I don't. I'm not a big advocator of of doing that unless it's a big life thing that that requires it. Um, I'm not an advocate of uh, pulling home equity to go on a vacation or oh, buy right. a boat. Right. Don't do that. All right. Well, if you need that help, give us a call this week at our offices around the county. Uh, one number rings all of them, 543-LOAN. It's 543-5626. That'll get you to any one of the loan officers at Central Coast Lending, 543-LOAN. Um, we are just a few seconds away from taking the uh, 10 o'clock commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of unique loan programs that um, I think will solve some problems for folks here in the local area. Uh, there's the this ever popular ranchette property, the five to 10 acre parcel where you're maybe growing grapes or boarding horses. We've got a financing solution for you, and we're going to talk about it next hour. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. You guys were walking out of the studio, man. ABC News announced Adam West died. Oh, Original nice. TV Batman. Bummer. Yeah. Bat- saw that. I remember seeing this in reruns growing up. Yeah. I didn't see this. Yeah. I saw this in reruns. Mm-hmm. Plus, he was in a lot of other things, too. Adam West. <laughs> yeah. South Park, I think, and a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. He had a good he made, life. Fun, he made fun of himself, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, as promised, we're back. We've got a second hour planned for you. It's Mike Points and Dan Podesto here in the studio live. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some loan programs that might be able to solve solve some problems for a few folks out there in our county. Um, 
both loan programs that we're going to talk about today um, generally affect uh, more rural type property. I'd agree. Um, we have a couple of of difficult to finance scenarios that pop up more often than you might think um, here in San Luis Obispo County due to the rural nature of our county. We have acreage parcels um, and people love to um, grow agricultural products on on their acreage. They like to um, raise horses, goats, mm-hmm. you know, different livestock. Um, and and those properties take on a commercial nature when you start producing um, those types of of commodities, whether it's yes. the agriculture or the the livestock. Those the production of of those commodities has a value, and it the, it tends to make the property more of a commercial type property, mm-hmm. and that that becomes a problem for residential financing, even though the primary use of the home. Or, or of the property might just be a primary residence. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about a program that can help for that. There's also a situation on these acreage parcels where we often see a beautiful ranch-style stick-built home and then an outbuilding that's a manufactured home. Yeah. On And, and they might have even made this a nice manufactured home, um, whether it's guest quarters or... Um, quarters for for the folks that help maintain the property or you know manage the trees or whatever you might have Airbnb. growing yeah right <laughs> um they they've put a manufactured home on the property they put it on a permanent foundation it's nice looking property but it's a problem it's been a problem for financing yeah um banks do not like stick built homes on the same parcel as manufactured homes on permanent foundation. They've actually, they're more um, inclined to lend when there's a manufactured or mobile home on wheels because they view that as personal property, something that can easily be wheeled off the property if they're, you know, trying to deal with a foreclosure situation or whatever and get the property marketable and, and ready to sell. So we find that banks have been much more favorable to that situation when there's a stick-built home with a mobile home still on the property. But when there's a stick-built home with a manufactured home on a permanent foundation, now all of a sudden you've got two different types of fixed structures on the parcel. That's been a major problem until recently. We now have one investor out of our many that is willing to finance that situ- that exact situation. Yep. Um, and they'll do it on a conventional loan, an FHA loan, and a VA loan. So we've got That's options really amazing. for all of that. Yeah, it's really amazing. And if you think about it, you know, what type of home is really going to have this? It's going to be a young family with maybe mom, widowed mom or mom and dad in the back. Um, you might have, you might be interested in having your very close friends share a property with you. As long as the property is big enough, it's almost like you're creating your own little community. Sure. You know, uh, just to be clear though, these are not two unit properties. You know, you wouldn't have like a separate address and a separate, uh, I mean, you would have your own kitchen, you'd have your own sleeping quarters, your own bathroom, it'd be a house, but you wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to like 
have a completely separate address. It'd be an extension of your primary residence. Correct. So the classification of the property must be a single family home with the manufactured home being classified as an accessory dwelling unit. Right. So it, like you said, it cannot be a two unit property with one of those units being the manufactured home. It needs to be a single family, one unit home with a um, with an accessory dwelling unit. So this is that permitted granny unit, um, mm-hmm. you know, in-law unit. What are all the other names that we have for these things? It's just it's that it's that extra, you know, the apartment over the garage type of thing. It's mm-hmm. that accessory dwelling unit that's allowed. In fact, we discovered on the show a caller called in a few weeks back that this is now something that's a, on a statewide basis, I believe, is something that's allowed on every parcel. It's your right to have a an accessory dwelling unit on uh, on your property. And so that's what how these manufactured homes need to be classified is as an accessory dwelling unit. Yeah, that it's really interesting. I think that the, in the past we've had to refer this to other banks that could just do them directly as a bank and now as Central Coast Lending being able to do it just gives you a variety of options because those other banks usually did it in what's called a portfolio loan. They usually gave you an adjustable rate mortgage of a five, a seven, or a 10-year arm and you had to do the deal because it's the only way you could get the financing. Now you can do 3.5% down FHA. If you're a veteran and you have a certificate of eligibility from the Veterans Affairs Office, you can do zero down picking up a property. Um, if you have a property a primary property and you're thinking of adding a manufactured home, it'd be something good to call in and talk to us about as well. There might be another program that that fits into. So if you're hearing this thinking, we have been thinking of adding a home back there, you should call in and talk to one of our loan officers at Central Coast Lending. We have a couple different products that would apply to that. Well, and this is something where I imagine that a lot of people in our area, the feedback we've gotten is that it's these are very difficult to finance. We've gotten this feedback from borrower, you know, from buyers and realtors alike, Mm -hmm. that this is a tough to finance situation. Oftentimes it takes a cash buyer Mm -hmm. to be able to buy this property with the stick built home and the manufactured home on the same parcel. Um, And like you said, there have been some opportunities for portfolio lenders to fill that void, but now you can get a Fannie Mae conventional loan, great low interest rate, 30 year fixed, no prepayment penalty, you know, none of the quirky things that portfolio loans often come with. Mm-hmm. You can finance that that exact property type with regular conventional financing like all your friends are getting <laughs> um, or FHA or VA. Right. And and now, yeah, I mean, it's just a great opportunity. No longer are you subjected to maybe one or two bank options. Now you've got um, you've got the Fannie Mae loan at your disposal. Yeah. And so if you've gone into Wells Fargo or Bank of America where they've more than likely said we can't do this situation, this is why our model of having 40 different banks to sell loans to makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm going to start calling it the Manlayer loan. The what? The Manlayer loan. Manlayer? You could build a pretty cool <laughs> Manlayer separate from your house, put that baby on a foundation. Come down and talk to Dan. He'll set you up. There we'll we get go. Get you some financing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Theater I like room, it. Theater. Watch. Imagine watching sports in your own manufactured home. The <laughs> drop-down screen. Oh, I could do it. Sign me up. Um, so, just a couple of other little uh, 
little nuggets of information for you about this particular situation. Um, again, the manufactured home that is permanently affixed to the property, it must meet local zoning requirements, and it must be uh, permitted and classified as an accessory dwelling unit. Mm-hmm. It cannot be a two-unit property with one of those units being that manufactured home. So that's the big thing to clarify. Um, the other the other thing is that there needs to be comparable sales. And that's, that's the case for every mm-hmm. uh, loan that you try to get. You have to have comparable sales. That is the way we determine value um, in the residential lending world is based on other like properties and what they sell for. Um, and then comparing it to your property and your property's amenities. So you need to have comps that have that same single-family home stick-built with the manufactured home on the same parcel as comparables to your to your sale. Yeah, yeah. Some of you have, might have gone through this process and, and been told that it's a two-unit property. It will not be financed as a two-unit property. Usually it costs more. Right. So, yeah, it's actually better that yeah. it's classified as a single-family residence. Right. You get a better rate or lower fees. Usually about a quarter a point better, maybe three-eighths, depending on the market. But um, that property needs to be smaller in size. It needs you to can be also, subordinate. You can also get higher loan-to-values on a single-family, you know, when it's classified as a single-family home as opposed yeah. to a two-unit property. Good point. So there's a lot of uh, benefits to this um, opportunity here w- with f- the FHA, VA, and um, conventional product being allowed to finance those those properties. Thank you, Fannie Mae. Thank you. Thank you to our investor for um, making this product possible. This is actually, we have a great local representative for this particular bank who I've, I've actually had this conversation with them probably every year for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is a situation that we still can't finance and we need a product for it. And I'm, I guess really what I'm trying to say is I'm the one to credit. So Good job, me, for being the squeaky wheel. That's right. Yeah. Bravo. Do we have a clap button, Jim? Come on, Jim. Dude, you? you were showing it off last week. And oh my gosh. Oh, here we go. Oh. So once again, Dan, hooray, you did a great job. Yeah. And there it is. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. <sighs> Onward and upward. Yeah. To the so, ranchette. Yes. Now we want to talk ranchette. The ranchette is the acreage property You might still have these accessory dwelling units, but you've taken it a step further and you've decided to become a farmer. Yep. It's like Um, SimCity. Right. You're just going to create a little farm. (laughs) It's going to pop up a couple trees here. A little pond there. You did good with pasture land. (laughs) Now you've decided to plant some row crops. um, And you need money for that. And you've penned off a little little chunk of your parcel for some goats. um, And you need to try to finance this property. Yeah. You know, there's a beautiful little property off Highway 41, halfway between Morro Bay and Atascadero, 47 acres, lots of avocados. Um, People want to buy this thing, but... You can't get the residential financing on it. It's 47 acres, people, and there's avocados all over it. Clearly, yeah. this is a business and not a residence. Yeah. Um, at least that's that's the perception of the residential lending world. Um, so we have a solution for this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's 
basically the requirements for this are um, minimum of five acres and potential for the property to produce $5,000 per year of agricultural income. Yes. Notice I said potential to produce $5,000 of agricultural income. It doesn't need to be currently producing any agricultural income at all. It just has to have the potential. Yep. Good soil. I would argue. Good plan. Yeah. And water. And water. Water is a key. But I would argue that nearly any parcel <laughs> in our county that's over five acres has potential to generate $5,000 of income. Ta-da! <laughs> we found it, people. <laughs> Let's go buy a ranch. I think that, the, the you know, the con- average consumer probably hears this scenario and is like, that's like eating an elephant. Where do I begin? You know, how do I even start? I'm not a farmer, but sure, I could be a farmer. Probably. But I see it for sale every week in the newspaper. Open up the real estate section, and you will see these properties offered up for sale. Do you have to figure out how to be a farmer before you get this loan, Dan? It depends. It it truly depends on the situation. Each property is different. Some properties already have contracts with um, the processing. You know, basically, your property has the just produces the orchard yeah. that produces, but you, there's already a contract in place with um, Central Coast Avocados, right? And they're already for years; they've already been harvesting, yeah. and you know, pr- producing and taking this product to market, farming, um, yeah. and and the property just you know the property owner just Yields. receives some money for that for basically having the trees on their property. Um, some properties are truly hobby farms where it's the owner who's taken this project upon themselves uh, to plant just a few rows of grapes. You know, it's not a major thing, yeah. but they have to do it themselves. So each property is different. Dan, does this property have to have a house on it? Um, it's with one, or without, I believe. the rule. So the properties, well, you'd eventually... You'd eventually have to build a house. Uh, we can do it you don't either have way, to ha- actually. I mean, we we can take it as a... Deve- I mean, we could do a development loan on it. You know, we could take raw land and finance that. Okay. Um, so we don't- and this isn't the kind of situation where we're financing the land for two years and then it balloons on you and you have to... You know, you have to be developing the property right away. Right. We, we can finance just dirt on this product. Yeah. I mean, this is a product that isn't restricted to just a parcel that has a, a residence on it. You know, it can it can have just a mobile home or a manufactured home. And it, it can only have ha- no residence at all. It only has to produce $5,000 a year. Correct. And so here's some of examples of the different types of agricultural production that could be going on on this property. Um, you could have an orchard, you know, say... Fruit trees, or avocado. Yeah, maybe you're just you're the the almond grower. Millions and, of peaches. Yeah, you could do that. So um, it could be any type of orchard, any type of row crop. <laughs> you got it. Uh, winery. Um, so we're talking. You could have grapes. You could also have a tasting room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, full on winery where there's the big tanks and you know yeah. you got barrels aging wine. Um, you could have cold storage. Uh, processing facilities, um, multiple APNs. That is a key point. I mean, you could have, you could buy 
you could buy land that maybe was going to be developed and just didn't work out. You know, you could buy a chunk of land, of APNs at one time. Mm-hmm. That that can be great. That 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 actually has its own attraction. Sure. To someone who wants to, you know, chop up a couple of the APNs as agriculture, maybe build a couple houses on some of those APNs mm-hmm. down the road, sell them off. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of different options, and and again, this doesn't have to be the current use of the property. It just has to be a potential use of the property. Um, you know, it could be, we've been working with, uh, our office has been working with a realtor who's listing this type of property down in the, the San Diego area where the, the parcels 40 acres and it used to grow, um, flower fill, you know, like the, the baby's breath, the little white flowers that, that fill in between the, yeah, 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 the yeah. lilies or I don't know what the roses. Yeah. Um, but that's not the current use of the property. That is a past use of the property. Well, clearly that property has shown a demonstrated ability to produce agricultural income. It's obviously got that potential. This is a great property for this product. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the type of thing that this can finance. And again, it does not have to have a residence on it. We can finance dirt. We can finance a development of you know, one of these other agricultural type uses, whether it's a residence with the hobby farm, whether mm-hmm. it's a winery with grapes or whatever, yeah. that can be financed. So we could do the development of that um, or the existing use. If that's the existing use, there we can do that as so well. There are so many resources out there from like agricultural universities that'll say, if you plant these many crops, this is the type of yield or, or production you could have. So that's part of the planning process that goes into these. We don't just give you the money and say, figure it out. Right. We sit down and determine what your forecasted income would be, and that's that's a neat part of the process. And that's you're talking about um, forecasting income and stuff, and so you're starting to get into some of the the more specifics of the program that I'd like to dive into here. But I think we need to take a, a commercial break. We and should probably do that. Come back and talk more about the available terms on this loan. I mean, there's everything from a one month adjustable to a thirty year fixed. Wow, a lot of great um, financing options. Talk about what it takes to qualify for this product um, and, and some different characteristics like that of this loan. And so the almighty cash down. That's right. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll develop this ag loan and hobby ranch loan a little bit more. Um, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. 543-8830. We will be right back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's nothing like the euphoric feeling you get when you find the perfect home. The last thing you want is the embarrassment of discovering you don't qualify. It can actually cost you your deposit. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328-358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. some cheap sunglasses. Continue on with our ag discussion here, our hobby ranch, ranchette. All the different terms you could use for that dream parcel, that five to ten acres or more, where you're you're living, you're living off the land. Your dog no longer needs a dog park. Yeah, just goes out front. Doesn't need a runs crazy a leash. Yeah, yeah you can just let him go. Chases every car down the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Fourth of July at your house, right? That's right. Yeah, this is uh, this is the dream of so many around here to have that little piece of of dirt that they can call their own and have all their toys and all their hobbies and grow their stuff and raise their animals and all that. And we can finance it now. We can uh, we can you know the acreage is pretty much unlimited. I don't. Think I think the only restriction might be just trying to find some comparable sales to your acreage. Um, so you know, five acres is the minimum, but it can go much higher than that. It can be hundreds of acres. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. The uh, you know the use again. Um, it it just needs to demonstrate a use uh, a, a potential ability to produce $5,000 per year of agricultural income. Yeah. The potential to produce $5,000 a year of agricultural income. Uh, we can finance, you know, the loan amounts are anywhere from 500 grand as the minimum loan amount up to $50 million. Um, you know, we can go up to 70% loan to value. That's right. <clears throat> and so then we started talking a little about a little bit about the projected income. So this is where we get into more of the the nitty gritty of the underwriting of this loan, right? And this loan is really viewed more; um, it's underwritten more like a commercial loan, where we're looking at that debt coverage ratio of the property, um, also known as a cash flow. Yeah, it's a cash flow. We're looking anywhere from one and a quarter to one and a half debt coverage ratio. So, what you want to see is a property that can produce. Um, one and a quarter times the debt 
service on the property yeah. to one and a half times the debt service on the property. That's the debt service payment. <clears throat> right. But we also look at global cash flow. So Correct. if there's other business, other income for the owners or buyers of the property, yeah. then we can, we'll take that into account. Which is very, very practical, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm a loan officer. I'm not an avocado farmer. But what if I own eight acres of avocados? And it's pr- it's got a history of proving to be able to cover the the payment on the property. Boom! You can get yourself this this type of loan. Or what if it doesn't have the avocados producing right now, but it has the potential to? Yeah. Um, well, your global cash flow can help you qualify then. Jim, you should have a boom button. Talk to KVC <laughs> about that. A boo button? No, no, boom. 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 I got to get a boom. Yeah, I don't have a boom button. Did he button. say boob button? A boom. Uh, boom. <laughs> B-O-O-M. What are you watching, are you watching over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, three years of tax returns, Dan? Yeah. Federal We're, tax returns. We want to look at three years of your uh, personal federal tax returns. We're also going to ask you for a personal financial statement. And the personal financial statement is gold in this process. Um, it's something, you know, in residential financing, <laughs> it's so funny because we'll often do residential loans for farmers, you know, on their actual residential primary residence that's just on a normal lot, not this hobby farm type situation. And they, lo- you know, they're in the habit of handing over their personal financial statement. And in the residential world, we're like, <laughs> you actually don't need money. Thanks. What, <laughs> what is this? I, I work off tax returns in the yeah. residential world. In this ag world, um, we're looking at you more as a balance sheet. Right. Um, so that personal financial statement means a lot. We care about all the property you have and the agriculture you're producing on those properties and the, um, you know, the, the, the loans or lines of credit you may have to operate those properties and all the equipment that you have. We care about all that stuff yeah. in this situation. So we do want to see that personal financial statement. Um, we're only looking at one month of your, um, bank statements and investment account statements that are going to support that personal financial statement. So we're taking your personal financial statement f- static, you know, for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, we're, we're believing everything that you're putting on there. You just have to back it up with one month of statements, a little less uh, documentation than in the, in the residential world where we're looking for two months of everything. And then we start scrutinizing all the deposits and, yeah. you know, wondering how that money came into your account in this agricultural world, uh, we're not, it doesn't matter as much. You know, we get that you're operating this agricultural type business here and there's going to be cash coming in and out pretty regularly. We don't scrutinize those deposits nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're looking for a minimum credit score of 680. And, you know, it's not to say that you can't get approved lower than that. If you have compensating factors, we'll sure entertain the situation, but 680 is the published minimum score. Um, but if you're close to that, maybe a little low, but you have other, maybe you have a lower loan to value. Maybe you've got greater history in the property. Maybe your debt coverage is far exceeding what we're looking for. We'll entertain lower scores. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these loans are, there are, these are truly just guidelines. It's not, it's not etched in stone that this is what will um, what we will or won't do yeah. on these particular loans. These ag loans are much more, uh, it's more of an art than a science. We'll we'll entertain the situation, so it's it's not the the pre qualification process that you would. 
that you might have come to expect on buying a typical residence. Mm-hmm. Um, with this hobby ranch, ag property type loan, um, it, it's always a, well, let's check it out kind of answer. Yeah, and think about it. I mean, the marketability on these, even though everyone loves them, not a lot of people want to take them on. So in the event that we have an, an unfortunate situation where foreclosure is imminent, you know, the bank wants to make sure that they're going to be able to sell a property that's producing some form of income, whether it be from livestock or or fruit or nuts. And, and they want to see that, you know, should you have a bad year where you don't produce due to weather or issues that you can cover. So marketability is certainly on on these banks' minds and also just the fact that you're not going to, you may not do great every year. Right. The crop is a crop. I mean, that's why they have crop insurance. And the so these, you know, each one of these situations is unique. Each property is, is very different from the next. Um, each owner's or buyer's situation is very different. So we're going to look at each situation differently and we're going to take all of the compensating factors into account um so when when someone's looking to get pre-qualified for this type of loan the response from any one of our loan officers is generally going to be okay well give me three years of tax returns and a personal financial statement yep and the bank statements that support your personal financial statement and right. we'll have an answer for you in 10 days yeah so we can get that loan approval for you in 10 days but it's, you know, it's it. But it is difficult to just give you an answer on the spot, like we can in residential financing. Residential financing, it's pretty easy to give you a same day pre-approval. Yeah. Agricultural financing, we need to analyze your situation and the property you're thinking about buying before we can give you that preliminary approval. Um, but when we do give you that preliminary approval, it's a solid approval. Um, ultimately, these loans are sold to the. They're they're sold to uh, Farmer, Farmer Mac, which is that Fannie, you know that that residential equivalent to the Fannie Mae and Jenny Mae loans that that are the standard in the industry. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are your conventional sources for financing, and Jenny Mae is your government source for the FHA, VA, and USDA loans. In the ag world, Farmer Mac is your standard um, industry standard for those uh, ag loan products. So that's that's who our loans ultimately are sold to is Farmer Mac. Think of all the wine soil out there. You could just pick up. Totally. Get established. Let some local vineyard come in and take the grapes from you. You could have it rolling off your back your backyard. Oh yeah. Um do we talk about loan programs? Are the um, actual products? No, we have not. That's I, a good place to go. Let's There are so many here. I'm looking at literally over what looks like two dozen options. Um, you mentioned a, a one-month arm LIBOR, which would be fluctuating you know, on the month, just like a, a prime rate would push it up or down. And then you've got a one-year, a three-year, five-year, seven, one-arm, 10, one-arm, all the way down through multiple 15, 25, 20-year fixed, 30-year fixed loans. Yeah. There's also um, something they call a... Uh, it's a variable rate mortgage, which to me kind of means like an R, same as the ARM loan. But what it is, is actually, it's a step rate loan. So, you know, you can get this 10-year 
variable loan with a 20-year or 30-year amortization term. So what it means is you've got an interest rate fixed for the first 10 years, and then you get the interest rate fixed for the next 10 years based on some index and margin at that 10-year adjustment period. And then if you have a 30-year term, then it adjusts one more time. So you have three 10-year fixed rate periods in a 30-year term loan. Um, so there's lots of unique term That's options. That's very commercial-like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like you said, there's anywhere from a seven-year all the way to a 30-year traditional fixed-rate mortgage that we could offer. Rates are all pretty good. Everything's below um, 6%. You know, some rates are below 4%, depending on the, the, the risk you're the taking with the product. The of the of the product. Um, so it's really great uh, financing options here. Um and it really, more than anything, it solves a financing hole that really, I mean, exists on these types of properties. There, there are, it, and it's not that it's a hole. I mean, there, there are some lenders out there most that operate the in this space. Most of the products are 50% down. Yeah. Most of the products are 50% down. Yeah. The product option has been so limited and, you know, both just by what's available within these ag products, you know, large down payments, high credit scores, there's been such limited flexibility and guidelines and also just limited flexibility and options of where to go to get this financing. Yep. Um, so now we're just one more institution that's offering it to add some competition to this market and um, hopefully expand what's available out there. I just love that you can take the land and project the potential of the yield in the land based on the product or the crop or the commodity that you put there. Mm. It's just like an investment property where you could buy this investment property, use the lease to offset the liability and you're in, mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of people are going to have their primary residence while this, this land gets developed, right? Then the land starts producing <clears throat> crop. Then you, it produces enough crop that you're like, maybe we should live out there, build a house. It gives you a shoe in that we did not have before. Sure. This product. Well, I'm thinking, you know, there's yet another parcel. I live in Morro Bay, so of course I drive that Highway 41 corridor all the time um, to the Atascadero area. And there was an eight-acre parcel out there with some avocado trees planted on it. And numerous clients that we were working with were interested in that property um, but financing was very difficult for it. It even the problem that I think we're really filling. I, obviously, there's lots of commercial and ag options when you get into those true farm properties, those large acreage properties. Really, the hardest part of this ag hobby farm market has been financing that five to ten acre parcel. Right. It's it's less than what. The big farm credits and those guys out there want to finance. You know, they're looking for farms. Yeah. A 10-acre parcel isn't a farm, in their opinion. That's someone's hobby, truly a hobby. Yeah, without the global income, you're not penciling. Yeah. I mean, they, farm credit knows that that, you know, 8-acre parcel on Highway 41 with, you know, a, four acres of trees, you're not making a living off of that. That's not what you're doing every day to pay your mortgage and buy your groceries. That's a hobby. So that's out of their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. But it's also out of the wheelhouse of residential lending because it is producing that Schedule F income on your tax return. Yeah. And that becomes a problem. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, residential lenders start looking at that as a business. That's a business endeavor. That's not a residential 
property where you're just going there to live mm-hmm. and barbecue at night. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're doing some some income producing work on that property. So our program is perfect for that five to ten acre ranchette. Yep. That's really where we're gonna be strongest. I mean, we can of course entertain those larger acreage parcels and compete with the farm credits also, but mm-hmm. I think the five to ten acre thing is really that sweet spot. So, you know, that eight acre parcel on Highway 41 with avocados, it's sold now, but I see other ones. I see more for sale signs out there. Let me just add this too, Dan. I have already contacted our Fidelity National Title um, contacts that pull reports for us. From 2010 to now, there's been over 500 raw land or agricultural land purchase transactions that have recorded, and easily a third of them are seller financed. Wow. So if you have a seller finance property, this is a product where we can talk to you about a refinance. Looking yeah. at something that you didn't think was going to be possible. Whether the seller's great, you have a great relationship with them or not, there that product or that agreement might balloon. You might be tired of making that payment at the interest rate only payment. You might want to start amortizing and buying down. Maybe the seller did it very reluctantly simply to facilitate the purchase. Right. You know, and they they're doing it, but that's not their desire to do that. Um, so maybe maybe it's the seller who's out there listening yeah. who might Mention. want to let their buyer know that, hey, you can get out from under my loan and get a good a good loan out there. A ranchette loan. Maybe someone reluctantly ponied up the cash to buy one of these properties. We can do a cash out refinance for you to get your money back out of the property. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, Lots of different term options. Um, rates, all of them are below six percent. So the the rate is very reasonable. Yeah. Um, given the uniqueness of the property and the term options are plentiful, so yeah. you've got your choice of how you want to finance. If it. If you've been holding the land with a cash, no deed, free and clear, and you want to start developing, this is a great product for us to talk to you about. So one thing I want to mention, Dan, which we didn't hit on, it's it's very important to do. The appraisal is a big part of this process. Yeah. So um, please give us a call about this. We're really excited to talk about it. We actually are jazzed about this product. And, you know, just a conversation is fine, but getting into pre-approval takes, it costs you nothing and it takes about 10 days. Mm -hmm. The overall loan process for this is, it's not just your 30 day purchase. It's usually, I'd say two to three months. Yeah. 60 to 90 days is, is probably more reasonable for this type of loan. The biggest thing, like you said, is that appraisal. It's not your typical residential appraisal it's a um it's a different type of appraisal it's called a narrative appraisal Mm -hmm. so there's more that goes into this this is uh this isn't just evaluating home characteristics and comparing them to the neighbor this is really evaluating what the potential use of this property is what kind of income the property can produce it's researching the various commodity prices and yields that the property's been able to um, demonstrate over the years or potential that it could demonstrate, the water um, situation on the right. land. There's a lot that goes into that appraisal, and that's what takes the majority of the time. You want to know that, too, if you're buying that land. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's the skinny on the hobby ranch, ranchette, um, ag property, properties that can produce farm income. That's right. We can do it. We're going country, people. We're going country. Um, and we're also going to take our last break of the uh, of the, the show, show today. It's uh, 7 or 1047. Whew. 
It's 1047. Goes by quick. Yeah, it does. And uh, and we're going to bow out here just for a couple minutes to thank the sponsors one last time. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Chicken and a big cold jug of sweet tea I make a little room and she climbs on up Open up a throttle and stir a little dust Just look at her face, she ain't a fool of me She thinks my track just sexy like little Kenny Chesney. I think this is the first time we do Kenny Chesney as the bumper music. I think, I think so. There we go. Yeah. Well, he's a great performer. Yeah. Now you know if you've got tractor envy, you, you can go out and get yourself a. We'll roll that right into the loan. Ranchette and a tractor. I actually got a, I got a per, private performance with Kenny Chesney one time. Oh yeah. I started with Kenny. When I was on KJUG, the RCA Records was bringing around these artists. They weren't sure we're going to work out. And, yeah, he kind of worked out. Yeah. Kind of, I, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they had we had, like, a private showing in the break room with Kenny Chesney. Awesome. It's pretty fun. That's neat. It's pretty fun. Yeah. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he... 
I'd like to say that Kenny Chesney worked out because I got to watch this private performance with him. <laughs> we'll let that happen. Basically, yeah. We'll let that roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. Yeah, you really just can't know how how fun it is to live on a farm until you drive a tractor around. Right. Yeah. And then you also get to realize how much work it is. You're like, who's cutting, who's cutting all of this lawn? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, in college, I sold books door to door. One of the years I was in um, the state of Illinois out in the country. And you meet, you know, these farmers are out and they're, they're out in their, their land all day long. That's where they work. So I'd get out of the car and I'd like walk through a couple of these crops and meet them and be like, hey, I've been trying to catch you, you know. I'm selling these books and I want to talk to your family. It's a good time to talk about it. And, um, it's just, it's just a totally different way of life, you know? Oh yeah. They would just point down the road and be like, yeah, uh, Johnson's have two in high school. I'm like, the jo- where, where's that house? I don't see another house. Yeah. They're like, it's like, you know, it's down at the pass. It's a couple miles down the road. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But, it, but you make it your own, you know? That's your next move, right? Getting ready to move out of San Luis Obispo and buy yourself a little ranchette somewhere? Uh, it's That's on my dream. mind. It's on my, it's, it's certainly the dream. I think I've got about five years in my house to let it appreciate, really, uh, you know, pay down that balance. Mm-hmm. And just enjoy San Luis Obispo. It's not a bad place to live. Not bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah. No. I live in a great little neighborhood with a cul-de-sac, so that's that's the thing when you buy a house you start realizing like all these little intangibles, you know? Sure. Like just the other day, I like knew it was summertime because it was like dinner and it was seven and I could hear kids outside like running around. Like, yeah. And, I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, that's so cool because it's it's just my neighborhood, you know? <laughs> for, for me, they're like, there's that weird old guy that doesn't have kids. <laughs> Lately, my kids have been putting them to bed and they're like, why are we going to bed when it's still light out? <laughs> right. Be quiet. Yeah, don't get smart. <laughs> I'm pulling the... Pulling the curtains closed right now. It's dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your kids yeah. wake up early. Yeah. Earlier than I wish they did. Earlier yeah. than you wish they did. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would imagine that there's you hit the jackpot if your kids like to sleep in. Yeah. I. I probably feel like in reality I'm in the jackpot category, but you know they could sleep longer. I wouldn't be upset about it. Sure. But yeah, they're not getting up at. 5 a.m. either so that's nice yeah get a little bit of time but yeah when you have the ranchette you just say go outside yeah (laughs) go Go feed those chickens go run in one direction for a while and see what you find yeah i'm a little bit like mike though because like when oprah did that whole the happiest city in the usa san luis obispo and wherever it was she didn't say montecito where she lives Right, anything like that. Smart. Like, because everybody go to Montecito, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, a small barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah. There. So it's just like okay, yeah. But Danny, yeah. I mean, speaking of ranchettes, you're on your way, right? Don't you have three chickens now? Yeah, we do. We've uh, we've turned our little 6,600 square foot lot into a mini, very mini ranchette. Okay. Yeah, we we do have some row crops, some chickens. You have row crops. Y- yeah. Okay. We got. I've got uh, some nice corn growing on my, on in a couple beds right now. I was hoping for another crop, but since you have chickens, is how's that going? Is there like a pecking order? Have they oh, annihilated yeah. each other yet? Or no, they're pretty friendly with one another. Oh, good. 
but the, there is you got a, California a pecking order. Happy chickens. Yeah, happy chickens make happy eggs. Nice. Just like the cows. Are they producing eggs? <laughs> right. There's a small manufacturing <laughs> process that takes place yeah. between... The, yeah. uh, are they producing eggs? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. That, that'll be cool. A couple months away, I think. Okay. But yeah. That's like real that, fresh. That's real fresh. Picking up you know, breakfast out of your backyard. Yeah. Fresh eggs. Yeah. Awesome. So far, it sounds like a great idea. We'll, mm-hmm. s- we'll see. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, with the kids, I mean, I'm sure they're ecstatic about some mm-hmm. other animals at the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they like to get in there and chase the chickens around. Mm-hmm. Chickens yeah. are pretty fast. Yeah, that's why in Rocky, he's chasing a chicken. Yeah. To train. The kids are kind of can freaked out. Can you catch out. them, Dan? I, yeah. One of them's hard to catch. The other two I can catch pretty easily. Do you turn on the Rocky music when you try to catch them? No. Oh. But, um, It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're 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 pretty fun. They're entertaining. Yeah. Nice little side benefit too is your bug population is probably going way down. Yeah, they um they do pick all the stuff out of everywhere. They, you know, we have a lot of bark around the vegetable beds, so they're getting in all the bugs and stuff under there, and then they hop into the beds and start poking around, and then I have to shoo them out, and they start eating my chard or my. Yeah, you want to Brussels sprouts. That's the thing is you got to get out of there. Put some fencing around. That yeah, they can't get into it. Yeah, but they do. They there's all those little bugs that start laying eggs on the leaves and stuff, and they'll just start eating those bugs right off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they're helpful as long as you keep them contained. Keep them contained. Keep and an not eye pooping. On them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Preferably not pooping. No, that's an inevitable <laughs> yeah. part of chicken life. Yeah. Then you get fertilizer from that. Something. Yeah, which is very good fertilizer, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think the listeners can tell that we really don't want to recap about the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, we got we got two and a half minutes. So the landing gear is down. Mm-hmm. Well, so, we've covered yeah. a lot of ground this show. We've given you a lot of food for thought. You know, rates are low. So what? It, we'll just do a quick recap. Let's do it. We have to. I think we should. Rates are low. They're their lowest levels since November of 2016. So anyone who did a mortgage, you know, whether it was purchase or refi last year. In the fall, uh, in the winter. Yeah, summer or fall, um, then it might be worth checking out and seeing where rates are in comparison to what you have. Mm -hmm. Also checking the value of your home and see if possibly you can get out of mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been in your loan so long and you're just ready to stop paying so much in interest and get yourself into a shorter term loan. Um, We'd love to help you with any of those opportunities, those decisions that you need to make about your current mortgage and whether a refinance makes sense for you. Um, yeah, that's the decision when the 50-year-old you gives you a high five or the 15-year-from-now person gives you a high five. Yeah. It's hey, not easy today. but Smart decision. Save that 30 or 40 grand or for some of you, 100 grand or more um, on just by getting amount. into a yeah. shorter-term loan. Um, perhaps you're living on some acreage parcel out there and we've uh, we've piqued your curiosity about um, the difficult to finance property that you own Mm -hmm. with that manufactured home and stick built home on the same parcel, or you've got goats that are your passion. You love raising goats and you've been declaring schedule F income for years because it's a write-off opportunity and it just makes sense because you've got goats on your property and it 
costs a little money to take care of them. Um, we can finance your property for you. Yep. Um, whether it's a sale, whether it's your own refinance, um, different options on adjustable and fixed on that. We can help you out with those, uh, those different, um, types of, of financing difficulties that you usually see on these, uh, ranchette and acreage properties that are all throughout our County. Like you said, 500 of them transacted just in the last year. So we know there's a lot of them out there, and we run into those situations every day. If we can help you out with any of those things, we'd love to hear from you next week. 543-LOAN is the number to call, 543-5626. It rings all of our offices throughout the county. Or check us out online at centralcoastlending.com. You can begin the loan process right there on our website. Click the Apply Now link at centralcoastlending.com. Everybody have a nice weekend. Enjoy this weather. We'll see you next week.